G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. We're going to be talking about Jesus today and perhaps in a way that we might not always be used to talking about Jesus. Uh, How Jesus and Aussie men connect. Well, there is some thought that because Aussie men may not read much, they may have missed the many ways that the Jesus of the Bible relates directly to some things uniquely Australian. There's a bit of criticism that there is a lot of books about Jesus that capture the intellectual types but not so many that are pitched more at the working class end of the spectrum. And this is where the book, Jesus the Bloke, The Mate Every Man Needs, comes in. In fact, I've got a copy of this book in my hands right now. And uh, when you look at the copy, it gives you uh, an insight into the target audience. A long-haired, bearded man with a flannelette shirt. Now, it may not be the image of all Aussie blokes, but the target audience is described as regular Aussie blokes. And our special guest today says his book shines a light on Jesus in a uniquely Australian way. Our special guest over this next hour, Jason Ellsmore. He's a regular Aussie bloke who loves his footy, his water sports, camping and four-wheel driving. And what's not so regular about Jason Ellsmore is that he leads one of Australia's largest Baptist churches, the Gateway Baptist Church in Brisbane. Jason Ellsmore, I want to make a special welcome along to 2020. Thanks, Neil. It's great to uh, be with you today and with all your listeners. So, Jason, inspiration for you to write a book like this, and um, and we might assume, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get your your thoughts on this, but uh, we think of uh, maybe the Gateway Baptist Church. Is there a lot of flannelette in church on Sunday? <laughs> Sometimes. I hope there's more and more all the time, but... Uh yeah, I think uh, we're a church that uh, welcomes everybody through our doors. And so whether you come dressed in uh, flannelette or suit and tie, you'd be very, very welcome. Is it the case, and we'll cut right into some of the deeper aspects here, right at the beginning, the idea that if Jesus walked into your living room right now, or if Jesus all of a sudden, if you're listening in the car, you stopped at the traffic lights or at the intersection and and uh, Jesus is on the side of the road, he opened the door, he sits in, uh, that somehow or other uh, that Aussie blokes would actually like Jesus if they met him. I'm absolutely convinced that that's true. I I look at uh, the way that Jesus lived his life and the records we have of the three years uh, walking around uh, Palestine, the things that he did, I'm absolutely convinced that uh, ordinary Aussie blokes would like Jesus, tradies like Jesus, fishermen like Jesus, accountants and tax collectors uh, like Jesus. Not too many people like the tax collectors, but they seem to like Jesus. People like to sit around a table and eat with Jesus. People liked to go fishing with Jesus. Jesus what Jesus was a good bloke to go fishing with. You know, he was like a human fish finder. You know, uh, Jesus was a good bloke to have at a wedding. 
First ever miracle, he turns water into wine. Us Baptists have been trying to turn it back ever since. Uh, you know, Jesus is a good bloke if you're camping on the side of the hill and you run out of food. I, I don't think it's any surprise that crowds of people, and, and often just uh, very ordinary people or people that were described by the religious of the time as sinners and tax collectors, actually liked hanging around with Jesus. When those kind of things were happening, why wouldn't you want to uh, see who this bloke is and get to know what he was about? And I think if he was walking around Australia today doing uh, the same kind of miracles and teaching in the same kind of way that ordinary people would like to hang around uh, interestingly, too, uh, it's all very well to think of Jesus in your living room or jumping into the passenger seat in your car and you're going to like this guy straight away, but walking on to the building site because he is a fellow tradie walking onto the building site and in some ways here he would relate to tradesmen. Absolutely. And uh, I, I think a lot of the inspiration for this book actually came from building site sheds. So I grew up from the age of five when you're allowed to do this going to work with my dad. So my dad was a builder. My grandfather was a builder. I naturally thought I was actually going to become a builder. And from the age of five, I would go to work uh, with my dad and at times with my grandfather. And I would hang out with uh, other tradies, uh, work with them. As I got older, I could do a lot more of the jobs. And I spent a lot of time just sitting in site sheds with blokes, just listening to the stories and watching my dad and my granddad, who were followers of Jesus, be real, ordinary blokes and uh, express their faith in a way to very practical men, very active men, uh, and, and help them to see, you know, you could be a genuine follower of Jesus and an ordinary bloke that uh, worked on building sites. And-, and you've got Jesus and a number of his first disciples were fishermen. So this idea that there's a fabulous Aussie pastime that so many blokes love and getting out and, uh, and wetting a line, uh, the idea of being a fisherman, Jesus would be a great fishing companion. Absolutely. Who wouldn't want to go fishing with Jesus? I mean, when, when he calls his first disciples, he uh, just they'd been fishing all night and caught nothing. And I have a lot of fishing trips like that where I fish all night and catch nothing. And I'm sure a lot of people listening, if you're really honest, you've had some moments where you've gone on a fishing trip and caught nothing. And uh, these fishermen were professional fishermen. They're actually very experienced fishermen, but they'd had a night when they'd caught nothing. And Jesus says to them, you know, put your boat out into deeper water and let your nets down for a catch. And this did not make any sense to these fishermen. Uh, they thought, Jesus, you're a carpenter. You don't know what you're talking about. Uh, this We fished all night and caught nothing. This is not the time or the place uh, to go fishing. But because you say so, I will do it. And you know the story. They let down the nets for the catch. They catch such a, an enormous catch of fish that says they had to signal for their partners in another boat to come and help them get the catch in. Now, I've got no idea what that signal is because I've never caught that many fish. <laughs> but uh, when Jesus is around, it says they caught so many fish that both boats uh, were full to the brim. Who wouldn't want to go fishing uh, with a bloke like that. If you love fishing, uh, when Jesus is around, you get to catch the mother load. 
Not only that, but on another time, uh, you're out on the boat, uh, Jesus is asleep, and uh, the weather is picked up, uh, the winds are blowing, the waves are big, the, the boat is threatening to capsize, and we wake Jesus up <laughs> because, hey, we're about to drown here, why are you so peacefully sleeping there? There's a certain sense in which you know, Jesus, the bloke, uh, brings that, that, that ultimate companion on a fishing trip. Not that that was a fishing trip, that particular one, but he's on the boat and uh, your life is threatened and good to have Jesus there. Absolutely. He's a good bloke to have on a boat. Particularly, remember, there's no uh, life jackets and these blokes have never learnt to swim. <laughs> and so it's particularly handy to have along uh, on that kind of boat trip when you're fearing for your life. And you know, I think uh, this season that we're walking through as a globe right now, uh, we need uh, Jesus more than ever, or maybe we're seeing our need for Jesus more than ever to actually you know, give us peace in the midst of an incredible storm. Jason, this book's been out a little while. What sort of reaction do you get from ordinary Aussie blokes when they see the pastor up front and it's a large church, a lot of people gathering for Sunday worship and and they see, oh, that's the book that he's written. What sort of reaction do you get? Is it mixed? Uh, I think the people from uh, Gateway Baptist Church uh, probably was no surprises. Uh, so I, the book actually came out of a series that I, a sermon series that I wrote called Jesus the Bloke many years ago. And it took me 12 years to turn it into a book. And uh, so I think the people in uh, the church that I lead who know me very well weren't too uh, surprised, but maybe uh, going to, to other places and helping people to see, you know, a very down-to-earth Jesus. Uh, there's certainly been some surprises. And, uh, you know, probably I think it has shone a new light on who Jesus is and has helped uh, some just ordinary blokes that maybe have turned their back on their faith from their childhood faith actually uh, has reignited uh, a faith in Jesus and, and has helped them to work out how to actually be a fully devoted follower of Jesus and an ordinary bloke. Well, Jason, you're sitting in front of me now, short hair, clean shaven. <laughs> and uh, is the image that's on the front of your book, does that have any, is there any connection there to any times past? Sometimes people are quite surprising in, in some of the ways that they've presented themselves. Uh, is there a Jason Ellsmore of the past that had a beard and, uh, no, and wore no, flannelette? No? I, I, well, certainly flannelette, and I did have long hair for a time. But uh, I think a lot of people have a, a picture of Jesus uh, with long hair and a beard, but they probably normally picture him wearing a uh, some sort of white robe, which uh, doesn't uh, uh, equate too well in Aussie culture. And so the idea of the front of the book was, you know, maybe Jesus did have long hair and a beard like a bunch of blokes in Australia today. Um, and, and maybe... You know, if he was walking around in the streets of uh, Australia today, he'd feel quite comfortable in a flannelette shirt. As I introduced you, I said, Jason Ellsmore, he's a regular Aussie bloke who loves his footy, water sports, camping and four-wheel driving. And then I said, what's not so regular is Jason leads a large Baptist church in the city of Brisbane. Now, there's a little bit of a clash here. A lot of the... Aussie footy, sports, camping and four-wheel driving happens on Sunday and uh, there's something really significant in this because when 
ordinary Aussie blokes who don't have a connection with church, don't have a connection with God, somehow or other making way for relationship with Christ, that's going to be a challenge too because, hey, Sunday happens, but that's prime four-wheel driving time. Yeah, that's true. And I'd say uh, being a pastor for the last 27 years has been a significant sacrifice for me uh, because it's meant every Sunday I'm in church, and I love that. Uh, But uh, I also know the joy of uh, spending a weekend out on the water or forward driving uh, or camping. And I, I think... I, what I'd like to, to help ordinary blokes uh, know, if you haven't normally spent Sundays in church, that uh, you can be a, a follower of Christ. I think it's important to be in a faith community uh, of some sort. And I think we've got churches that meet in all sorts of different ways today, uh, that we've got uh, services on Sundays, we've got services on Saturdays and Fridays, we've got uh, groups that meet during the week and there's places for you to connect. I don't think there's any excuse not to belong to a faith community of some sort. Uh, and net, I think, you know, probably picturing that you have to be, you know, sitting in a local church at 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning with the roast ready to go after, uh, after church is probably not the only way to be a follower of Christ. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Our special guest is Jason Ellsmore. He leads one of Australia's largest Baptist churches, the Gateway Baptist Church in Brisbane. He's also the author of a book called Jesus the Bloke, The Man, the Mate Every Man Needs. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. You might like to join in our conversation today. In fact, uh, Jason, let's take some calls. Let's hear, first of all, from Shelby in Queensland. Hello, Shelby. Welcome along. Hello, Neil. Um, Jason, mate, um, I'm a collector. I've had uh, as many as 33 cars. I have about just under 30 now. Awesome. Um, yeah, and I, uh, my first car I did up for me, but I, ha- I finished up selling it and made heaps of money out of it. Um, the gentleman that bought it, a young mate, uh, kept it for 17 years, so he did want it. Uh, <laughs> and um, um, that's what started me. Um, I worked with Zups and Motorama, Hank Walters. Uh, uh, he used to race at Lakeside. And I did the heritage system of Lakeside. But the thing is, mate, I am an absolute fun-loving car fanatic. Awesome. Uh, muck about with four planes as well. But um, these things take you off on the Sundays. A lot of the time is the main day. But I do often, and we'll do Laboon um, with a mate from church uh, on the Saturday. Uh, and occasionally, I used to completely cut out church, and I won't do that now. Yeah, um, our church, luckily, starts at 830 um, so um, I can still get away a little bit earlier, not chat so much and have the cup of coffee or tea at, after the church and then race off to the car shows. And if I don't talk to too many people, I can get around the whole thing before everybody starts to leave early. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Shelby, uh, you always make a good point or two. How your thoughts for Shelby? I mean, uh, you know, we didn't even mention uh, the idea that you might be a collector of cars and you might like the motor racing. And, you know, sometimes when the Bathurst race comes up each year, it's on a Sunday and uh, you've got a bunch of guys who'll say, I think I'll neglect church today. I'm sitting in front of the uh, the TV set and, uh, you know, warming the set, cooling the tinnies, uh, the non-alcoholic tinnies, of course. But uh, what are your thoughts here for, for Shelby? 
Yeah, Shelby, it sounds like uh, you do a great job of doing up cars, but you've also found a way of investing into your faith and making sure that uh, you've found a way to stay connected to uh, a great faith community. And I think that's a great example for for many blokes out there, whatever your interests are, whether you're into cars or boats or or camping or fishing, uh, there is a way and it will take some sacrifice to stay connected to a uh, faith community where you can keep growing in your faith faith and, and help other blokes to, uh, to to grow in their faith too. Well done. Shelby, uh, who I know and, and am aware of just the significance that he's involved in so many Christian pursuits and yet uh, maintains this uh, connection with men in a special way. Shelby, thank you so much for your call. Taking calls on 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation today. Let's take another call. Richard is in Townsville in North Queensland. Hello, Richard. Welcome along. G'day, mate. How are you going? Very well. Richard, what are your thoughts? Um, well, I'm, I'm a footy dad. Um, I, I coach my son. Um, so a, a lot of what I do is based around rugby league. I've still play masters rugby league myself, um, and I, I like this conversation because it's a conversation that um, that's actually it, it's it's what other blokes need to hear is that you can still have your faith and you can still do your blokey things. You know, you, you can still um, be out with your mates and and. Um, you can still knock around together and, and stuff like that, but it's that that faith-based um, belief that you know we have something we have something greater than than what a grand final is, or we have something greater than what uh, you know than just being at home and 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 knocking back a few tinnies and that on a Sunday. Um, there's there's a special place we can be with and special people we can be with. So I really appreciate the conversation. Wonderful thoughts, Richard. Uh, your thoughts for Richard, Jason? Yeah, I just say amen, Richard. Uh, I reckon you, you're making a, a great uh, investment into a whole bunch of young blokes in that, that footy team, and uh, your son's going to remember that for the rest of his life. And uh, I'd say it's not just, you know, you, you can... Uh, be involved in everyday uh, blokey things out in our community. But I, I'd actually say, and I think the thing that uh, people need to follow your example, Richard, is that we're actually called to do that. We're, we're called to be salt and light out in a community that uh, doesn't yet know Jesus and points them to Jesus. And uh, I think, you know, coaching your son's footy team, I'm not sure uh, there's too many better opportunities than that and too many greater examples to actually show a, a young generation coming through that may never set foot in a church what it actually looks like to be an authentic follower of Jesus who loves footy. And you can have a great impact. Richard, thank you so much for your call. Continue to deepen your faith and uh, keep up those great community pursuits. 1-800-316-316. To join in our conversation today, we're talking about Jesus the bloke, the mate every man needs. Let's get uh, another caller. Minio is in Adelaide in South Australia. Hello, Minio. Welcome. Yeah, g'day, guys. How are you? Very well, Minio. What are your thoughts? Hey, look, uh, firstly, yeah, uh, yeah, great uh, job uh, on the book, uh, Jason. I haven't got it, but I'm interested in buying a copy. Uh, but um, 
couple of thoughts. Uh, I actually have never really been involved in sports in a big way, sort of in my culture. I come from an Italian background, so I never really grew up with that. But um, I've got young boys now, an 11-year-old and a 9-year-old, and they're very much into AFL, particularly my older boys into AFL. Uh, but I'm also a very passionate minister of the the gospel of the kingdom of God. I've, I've, I, you know, um, I believe sports is actually an idol in Australia. And I say that because I see the extent and the willingness that people uh, are willing to go to, the length that people are willing to go to, to get AFL tickets, to do all kinds of things around sports. And I'm all for sports uh, because I, I, I support my boys in the sports. But I also would say this, I actually believe that sports has become an idol in this nation and has actually, at times, taken the place of actually worshipping God. Minia, you're making a fabulous point there, and one that somehow or other you've got to find some level of balance in, haven't you? Uh, Jason, your thoughts for Minio? Yeah, thanks, Minio. I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think any good thing can be turned into an idol. And when any good thing gets actually put in the place of, of God rather than a good thing that we uh, get to enjoy, it can become an idol. So for many, sport has become an idol. For others, money becomes an idol. Money's a good thing. It's a thing that, uh, that God has blessed us with, but it can become an idol. Even uh, knowledge and understanding and education uh, can become an idol. We all know that they are good things that we should pursue. But whenever they're put in the place of uh of God, the thing that gives us our ultimate fulfillment, it, it becomes an idol. And so I'd say that's why we should be involved in all of those things as blokes. We should be involved in education and some should be involved in the financial sector and some should be involved in sports. And we can actually set an example of how to actually enjoy that good thing without it becoming the ultimate thing in our lives. But you're absolutely right. Uh, you've only got to look at the way that, uh, that people sing and cheer and raise their hands at a uh, at a footy match to say that you know it's pretty close to worship in fact sometimes the worship I see on Saturday at footy is a lot more exuberant than the worship that I see uh, in on Sunday in church and uh, that shows that you know for many I think uh, sports has become an idol uh, Minio still got you on the line here you did say you had a second point uh, got a moment here yeah, what yeah, actually yeah, I, I, the other thing I was going to say is I, I feel like, you know, in a way to sort of cross denominational barriers because I believe denominational barriers has also been a, a hindrance to actually blokes getting together. And I believe one of the ways that we could actually cross that, that barrier is actually having a footy match together, you know, you know, let's let, you know get the Anglicans versus the Pentecostals. You know, uh, at a local footy match. You know, why not? You know, and this is a good way to do church on a Sunday. You know, Minio. Um, outside. I've got to say, and uh, over the years I've seen this tried. And uh, if you're talking about the passion uh, that Jason mentioned, maybe that's not there in church on Sunday as much as it is uh, at the footy ground. Uh, just put two churches <laughs> and two different denominations up against each other Correct. and it turns into a Absolutely. blood sport. Uh, so, <laughs> Jason, have you seen this over yeah. the years too? 
Yes, I have, and I've seen ambulances arrive to uh, take people to hospital. So I've uh, I've had a crack at it. I thought it was a good idea once too. I'll never try it again. But uh, you know, maybe maybe something a little more gentle like touch footy might be a better idea. Minio, yeah, yeah. you've made some great uh, contribution there, Minio. Thank you so much for your call. Let's take another call. Graham is on the line from Ballarat in Victoria. Hello, Graham. Welcome. Hello, how are you? Very well, Graham. What are your thoughts? Well, I uh, congratulate you uh, for this conversation up. I think it's the one that we need to talk about. Uh, myself, I uh, I go to church. I, I put God first in most things I do. Well, everything I do, actually. And I walked away from uh, 15 years ago. But the last three years, I've uh, come back to God. And uh, he gave me a dream one night that, I was going to come into leadership, and uh, now I'm running a home group, and uh, so I just give God all the glory. And uh, and some of the, the comments that uh, people are making about sports, I, yes, I love my footy too, but I I don't put it before God, and that's become an idol in Australia. And like uh, Jason said, there's a lot of things that become idols. So, but I just congratulate. Yeah, you're bringing this conversation up, and it's one that folks need to talk about. I mean, just, well, really, you've done a marvellous job bringing this conversation up, actually. Fabulous to hear from you, Graham. Uh, Jason, what are your thoughts for Graham? Oh, Graham, I just love hearing your story, the way that you've come back to God, and Jesus is transforming your life. He's given you dreams for the future, and you've stepped into that place of leadership, and you're able to influence uh, others with your story and what he's done in your life. And I uh, just want to encourage you, mate. You're, uh, you're having an impact in people's lives. Jesus doesn't uh, call us into these spaces uh, for no reason. He doesn't do it to frustrate us, but he does it because he wants you to have an in- eternal impact in the lives of others and so mate, I just love hearing that story and uh, I believe your story uh, can, just keep sharing it wherever you can because uh, there's other blokes around you that need to come back to God and find that actually the rest of life actually makes more sense when God is first Graham, just before I let you go, uh, you said you're leading a home group now and uh, I know that there'll be listeners who are wondering what sort of people are joining you for your home group? Because oftentimes they're people who are just like us. So what sort of people are a part of yours? Well, there's uh, retired people, there's uh, younger people. Uh, we run every uh, Wednesday night, except for, the, except for the lockdown we're in now. But uh, uh, there's people, you know, there's all sorts of problems with, you know, with people and uh, with talk about different things and we talk about the cross and what Jesus did at the cross. So it's various people, it's uh, people from laborers to uh, yeah, just, ordinary, just ordinary people really. So well, Graham, I can I can tell that people will relate to you really well because uh, you know just hearing you tell the story and uh, knowing your passion and the fact that you've got a testimony that goes along with that as to how you came to be the leader of that small group and you're pursuing the things of God. Graham, thank you so much for your call today. Our talkback line open one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. What I'm picking up with the callers who've been calling in, Jason, is this idea that camaraderie is important uh, and we might even equate camaraderie with 
mateship. I mean, that's just another wonderful way, an Aussie way of describing the need that men have to relate to one another. And somehow or other, we've got to be able to relate to men of similar interests and similar pursuits or similar testimony. What are your thoughts about this idea of men and mateship and the need to relate together? Yeah, absolutely. I I think a lot of, you know, blokes, sadly, in our culture today, both in the church and outside the church, you know, get get to a certain age where they find they've lost a bunch of their mates. You know, they're focused on work or they're focused on family, you know, good pursuits, but sometimes they don't put the same investment uh, into their relationships with other blokes, don't know how to open up to other blokes, share some of the emotional challenges that are going on for them, don't know how to be, you know, transparent and vulnerable and uh, I think you know we, we get into a very dangerous place as blokes if uh, we don't have you know other mates that we're, that are walking alongside us that can uh, care for us encourage us spur us on you know the Bible talks about iron sharpening iron you know when uh, when two blokes come together and just share this journey of life and faith we we actually become you know stronger together than what we can ever be uh, on our own and so I think it's a really important uh, topic for today. One of the things that causes me great sadness is that uh, is is the male suicide rate in Australia today. It's uh, incredibly sad that uh, so many young men and middle-aged men are ending their lives because they got no hope and often got no one to turn to, no one to talk to. So I think uh, anything that we can do as churches to help blokes find a place where they can connect together, whether it's over a four-wheel driving group or a men's shed group where they can do something practical together uh, or or whether it's a book club. Blokes, there are some blokes who actually like reading and uh, they, they read together and just do this journey of life together. So important. Some churches, the men's ministry can tend to be a little sporadic and uh, you might have a diversity of men and there are some who might like to go on a four-wheel driving uh, weekend expedition but others who are saying, that's just not my cup of tea. I don't do that sort of stuff. The idea of when you're, you know, you're crossing paths with men on a Sunday, uh, bumping elbows or, you know, however we can relate to each other these days in church, appropriate social distancing. What are your thoughts here, Jason, the way that perhaps men need to pursue something else midweek that actually connects with people in their church who have similar interests to them? Yeah, look, I think, uh, you know, the majority of churches, once you get to a, a certain size, you know, whether that's 50 people, 100 people or 1,000 people, uh, there's only a certain number of people that you can know and really know and you really want to be vulnerable within the church. And so finding some places uh, midweek or some other space where you can get together with a small group of blokes of, you know, you know, three, five, ten blokes, uh, I think is, is so valuable for, for men to actually feel safe uh, with the same group of people over uh, a long period of time to actually say, hey, this is what's going on inside of me. These are some of the things that I'm dealing with and struggling with. Can you pray for me? Can you encourage me? Uh, I think that can happen in a multitude of different ways, whether that's working on your car or whether that's sitting around the lounge room drinking coffee. I think uh, different blokes are going to find different uh, ways to connect. But 
just having those mates that you're, you're being real with and you're being honest with about some of the struggles you got is so important today. And they're not just mates who are in church. Now, let me put you on the spot as a senior pastor of a large church and you want people, you want the men to turn up on Sunday. But as the senior pastor, are you mean-spirited and you wouldn't give a a good Aussie bloke a leave pass to not attend church on Sunday if they're invited on a camping trip with a whole bunch of uh, Aussie blokes with long hair, beards and wearing flannies? Uh, What would you say as the senior pastor about the occasional opportunity to actually be part of those friendship groups? Yeah, absolutely. I'd say go for it. You know, I think as others, some of the calls that we've had this morning are great. You know, putting God first is important. Being committed and making the sacrifice to be part of a faith community is important. But it doesn't mean that from time to time uh, there'll be opportunities to, to go and reflect who Christ is to a group of people which might take you away from a Sunday morning uh, gathering. But it doesn't mean that you can't connect uh, with others and grow in your faith in, in other ways. I would, I would say if that is happening every week and you're never connecting uh, with, with others as part of your faith community, you're never making the sacrifice to, uh, to worship God, then that's problematic. It is problematic. Let me just give you opportunity here, Jason, to take us a step deeper here because while we're talking about Jesus, the bloke, Jesus, a good bloke, I know you like to take us into a place here where you say that Jesus wasn't just a good bloke. Uh, How do you see Jesus uh, for all of those men who are hanging on every word and loving In fact, absolutely cherishing the fact that we're having a conversation like this. How can you take us into this idea of who Jesus really is? He's not just a good bloke. No, as I said, he's a a good bloke, and I think most people would like him. They'd want to follow him. Uh, There's a reason crowds followed him around. But uh, when his best mate John, who wrote the fourth gospel, he says, I'm writing these words, and there's so many other stories that could be told, but I'm writing these words that you might actually believe. This man, who who John described as his best friend, uh, is in fact the very Son of God. And uh, half of John's gospel is actually written Uh, even though he spent three years with him half of his gospel is written simply about the last week of his life leading up to the cross and then what happened at the cross and after the cross and so at some point uh, everybody has to make a decision about who Jesus is and if you look at his life and the miracles that he did and you listen to his teaching uh, and uh, and teaching that's still making a difference in the world today Jesus, you know, wasn't just a good bloke. He wasn't just a good teacher. He wasn't just a miracle worker. But all of that points to the fact that Jesus was, in fact, the Son of God who came to earth to uh, die in our place. And he's the only one that could do it because our offense, our sin, was against God. And it was only, you know, God in the flesh that could come and take our place on that cross to remove the sin from us that kept us at a distance from our loving Heavenly Father so that we could come back into relationship with God. 
Nobody else has done that for us. No God has come down to earth to save us. Jesus is the only one. There's a reason he's the most... Uh, um, uh, the most popular person in all of history, the most known person in all of history because he's the only God that has come from heaven to earth to die in our place and to make a way for us to have eternal life. And I believe it's only through faith in Jesus Christ as the Son of God that uh, we can have that eternal life. And so he truly is the mate that every man needs. Wow. I mean, this idea that... You know, you've got the footy, you've got fishing, you've got the motor racing, and you've got church. Uh, the idea that they might all be on the same level, uh, and there's just, oh, you know, who's this guy trying to tell me that I, I should go along and do church? I'm not so into church, but I am into the four-wheel driving, the ship, the, the fishing, the, the getaways. Uh, you know, how do you go about prioritizing Jesus more than just a good bloke? and saying, this is where I need to get my focus. And whether it be on the Sunday or the midweek, how do you get that, you know, do you have to have some encounter with God for that to happen? Uh, is there a supernatural thing that all of a sudden, like a bolt of lightning from out of the blue comes down and and changes your priorities, and all of a sudden you're turning up at church on Sunday with a suit and tie? <laughs> what are your thoughts here, Jason? Because uh, somebody was thinking, you know, I love all of these things, and church just seems to be an extra add-on. Yeah, I, I think the, the words of Jesus are very important here. His most famous uh, sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, uh, he actually says some, some words that I think are important in this context. He says, seek first the kingdom of God. And he says, don't worry about what you'll eat, what you'll wear. Don't worry about where your money's coming from. All of these things that we chase after. And he says, you know, everybody in the world chases after these things. But if you want to follow me, Seek first my kingdom, and all of these things uh, will be added to you. And so I think that's the important principle. I don't think we need a bolt of lightning out of the blue. I think we actually just need to make a decision to seek first Jesus as king. And then everything else in our life that uh, is important to us, uh, things, pleasure, pursuits like we've talked about, whether it be footy or car racing, and more important things like our family, actually start to make sense. We actually know how to love our family in a way that's going to be best for them because Jesus actually knows our family better than we know our family and he knows us better than we know ourselves. And so that decision to seek first the kingdom of God and then uh, working out you know, what is it that Jesus says about things like family and about how we uh, treat our bodies and about work and uh, about other uh, pleasure pursuits, uh, th those things uh, start to make more sense when we're not chasing after them for our satisfaction or for our fulfillment or to make us feel good about ourselves, but we're actually finding that first in God through faith in Christ. And for the person who doesn't go to church regularly and thinking that uh, I went there once, uh, I've heard all about that, uh, the idea is you're saying there's value in your faith in God. And when you're hearing a Jason Ellsmore speaking from the platform at the Gateway Baptist Church on a Sunday and he's talking about how a man's life committed to God first affects his marriage and his family and his work and his ideas about money and uh, responsibility in a society, how all that starts with Jesus. 
We're talking about prioritising how your life will be set into a new motion. Is that is that a fair enough way of describing that that sort of change that happens when people put Christ first? Yeah, abs- absolutely. I I think uh, it would following Christ actually changes every aspect of our lives. Now, I think the the, the most Aussie blokes actually love their family, want to provide for their family and, uh, you know, want to care for their family in a way that helps them, uh, you know, become uh, great people. What, what I think the Bible does and what I think, you know, following Jesus does is actually shows us how to do that. Some of the desires that we have in our heart are actually because we're made in the image of God. Uh, what, what, what following Jesus does is shows us how to actually uh, see those things become a reality. You know, it's faith that works. I imagine some people will see it as risky because they've got their friendship group in place. And uh, in some sense, no doubt, it's a bit of a leadership thing to say, I'm going to prioritize God first. And there's going to be this extra priority that I'm going to include. It is going to include my local church on Sunday. When you've got that that gets established, there's another big thing that starts to happen. And uh, I want to ask you about this too, because the idea of prioritizing God's going to church on Sunday may in fact lead us to losing the connection with all of our mates who are off doing the four-wheel drive trip. Uh, They're going camping, they're going fishing, they're going to the motor racing, or they're just sitting in front of the telly watching sport. Losing the connection there is a big loss, isn't it? Absolutely. I think you've got to work very hard to not let that happen. Uh, I've seen, I've myself, I've had to work very hard to stay connected uh, with some people who uh, don't normally sit in church. And so uh, I, I think it has to become a priority because, you know, Jesus says those three famous parables in Luke chapter 15, you know, the one that is lost, the one that is outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ right now is the priority. And I'm, I'm going to search for it until it's found. Uh, I'm going to search for them until they're found uh, because when one lost person comes home uh, to a relationship with God, that causes more rejoicing in heaven. So finding ways to, uh, to stay connected uh, with those who, who don't know uh, Jesus is really important. One of the things we say uh, in our church at Gateway is that we want you to come to one Sunday service to worship, and there's lots of options of how you can do that. We want you to be in one life group where you're doing uh, life with others. We'd love you to serve in one way, in some uh, way that that we're serving our community as a church and so that you've still got time to spend with the ones who don't yet know Jesus. So don't spend your whole life, you know, sitting within the four walls of the church. That is a priority, but make sure you do it in such a way that you've still got time to spend time with the ones that are so valuable to God who don't know him yet. No doubt there'll be some who are thinking, my church seems to prioritize always being together with people in my church. But there's a consequence, isn't there, that if Christian men neglect the pursuits of regular Aussie men, the risk is we'll lose those regular Aussie men and they'll never have a connection with church. Absolutely. And I think that's what we're seeing. I think that we're seeing some of the consequences of that. Uh, I certainly played in a rugby club 
for many years where I was the only Christian. Uh, you know, it was often a hundred blokes in the five grades, and I was the only one who was a follower of Jesus in that rugby club. And I know that there'd be many others that would have the same experience in uh, whether it's a, a motor racing club or a, uh, a library club or a soccer club, whatever you're a part of. You know, many would find that they have that same kind of experience uh, because, you know, as a church, I think we have gotten at times far too focused on what we do within the four walls of our churches and uh, not spend enough time doing what Jesus says is so important in Luke 15 in going to find those who don't yet know Jesus. Well, Jason, uh, my suspicion is uh, you'll have to bring out the extra seating at Gateway Baptist Church this coming Sunday uh, because you're going to have a lot of guys turning up and uh, they're going to be wearing flannelette. Uh, they're not. They're going to stop shaving from today and they've got to grow a beard and long hair. And uh, But uh, no doubt, uh, I think you'd be ready and willing and able to cater for whoever turns up on Sunday. And I think you'd probably be inviting some uh, some ordinary Aussie blokes to turn up at Gateway Baptist Church. Now, Gateway, it is one of the largest Baptist churches in Australia. Uh, give us a little picture uh, of of church life. Uh, you know, how many people sit in that huge auditorium of yours? Uh, what what do things look like at, at Gateway Baptist? Yeah, look, we're uh, a church that simply wants to prioritize what uh, Jesus prioritized. We want to love God. We want to love people. And so we've got a very multi-generational church, multicultural church, uh, people of all different uh, walks of life. And uh, we make it very, very clear every Sunday in every service that everyone who comes through those doors is welcome. So we're actually a church in five different campuses now. Uh, so one of them does have a very big auditorium at Mackenzie with a couple of thousand people uh, in there on a Sunday and uh, but with others in, in Logan and Redlands right in the heart of the city and down towards the coast at Ormo uh, where it's uh, where one church uh, multiple places uh, really just trying to live out the ways of Jesus fulfill the mission of Jesus and uh, love God and love people and everyone is always welcome well, Jason, uh, some will be saying, what a breath of fresh air to hear Jason Ellsmore on 2020. And, uh, you know, Jason, who loves his footy and his sports and his camping and his four-wheel driving and leads one of Australia's largest Baptist churches, the Gateway Baptist Church in Brisbane. Uh, there is a website for Gateway Baptist. It's gatewaybaptist.com.au. And for those who want to get a hold of Jason's book, Jesus the Bloke, the mate every man needs. There is a website too there. You can access jesusthebloke.com.au and no doubt uh, your book is available widely. If people simply Google it, uh, you can get it on Amazon or uh, Koorong or any places that you buy great Christian books. Uh, Jason Ellsmore, uh, thanks so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. Been great to be with you, Neil, and I uh, really enjoyed the chat. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 